Hello there and welcome to Business of Design, episode 219, Envy as Fuel. Yeah, I'm talking about something ugly today. I hope you're above it. Turns out I'm not. Oh man, where would I be without all of you? I'm so glad you're here. By the way, I'm Kimberly Selden. I'm an interior design professional. I have an office in Toronto and Los Angeles. Currently, I have projects going on in both cities, which is busy, but happy for the most part, I must say. This week, I'm thinking about human emotion. And I'm wondering, as creatives, are we hypersensitive? Are we hyper aware of the success of others? And are we more or less capable of celebrating that success authentically without it causing us to, how shall I say this, without it causing us to hate ourselves just a little bit? Oh my gosh, by now you're wondering, what is she talking about? Well, here's the thing. This week I was trolling on social media like you do and going along, minding my own business on Instagram and boom. I see a peer who recently completed a project, and it's spectacular. I mean, it's just absolutely stunning. Occasionally, we compete for jobs with one another, and I've always admired her. I've actually reached out to her and tried to create a relationship, and she's just, (laughs) I guess she's just not that into me. Okay, that's cool. But she's super talented. So anyway, I'm scrolling along, and I see this uh, home that she's recently completed, and I'm like, wow. I wish I had done that. Like, that is really spectacular. And then the next thought, not nearly as nice. Err, darn her. Why does she always have to be so good? I hope you can relate to this. Maybe you're looking at Instagram or Facebook or TikTok, and it seems like everybody you know is getting publicity, right? Like, everyone's getting an influencer deal or... Everybody's being published in a print magazine or whatever it is. On a good day, you just kind of notice those things. You might even be really happy for that person. You know that person's worked really hard and you're like, look at her, that's awesome, you go girl. I feel that way so often when I see a business of design member or a legacy member and I see that they're just continuing to be successful on and on and on and I'm so happy. I almost have the feeling of like a mother hen, like I knew her when or I knew him when. That brings up a whole bunch of feelings of gratitude and happiness and contentment, and that's on a good day. But we all know not every day is a good day. So when does noticing someone else's success or accomplishment turn from, wow, that's awesome, to poor me or to envy? Intellectually, we know social media is only a fraction of the story, but occasionally those feelings, I'll speak for myself, those feelings can get to me and they feel uncomfortable and I don't like them. So I decided to talk about it. That's how I process things orally, having a good gab with a friend, someone I trust, and that's you. I know it's possible we've never met, It doesn't matter. I feel like I know you, and I bet you feel like you know me too. This is, for me, a safe space, and I hope that you feel that way too. So on this episode, I am going to explore the ugly side of envy, how it's different from jealousy, 
and most importantly, how you can use envy as a fuel to propel you toward greater success, if that's what you want. Before I jump into this therapeutic conversation with myself, let me say hello to Cheryl Horn and see what's happening at Business of Design. Cheryl, I asked you a couple weeks ago now if you ever had feelings of envy, and I let you get away with it with a generic, like, sure, everybody does, but now I'm going to put you on the spot. Give me a specific without identifying another human being. How about that? You know what? I've been thinking about that because, for one, I knew you wouldn't just let that go, Um, (laughs) but... It's hard because I know that like, you know, when you're doing interior design, your work gets published. There's awards for what you do. And my job, my career isn't really, you know, I'm not watching people on social media who do the exact same thing as me. So I feel like so much of what I'm, you know, envious of or like, oh, wow, I wish I wish I could do that is more the qualities that people have that they can apply to their business that I feel like I don't have and sort of set me back. You know, it's not from lack of opportunities, but I haven't been able to seize those opportunities because I can't necessarily do what they do in terms of like having the confidence or being willing to public speak or (laughs) those sort of things. I mean, I I know we talk about that almost every week when we do the podcast, Um, you know, the number of ums that we need to edit out (laughs) when I do like two minutes of announcements, but, um, you know, those are qualities that I certainly envy in other, you know, so it's other almost, people who have become their brands. It's almost like asp- aspirational. You look at uh, some yeah. qualities and you go, oh, okay. So I would say that's using envy in a positive way. You're, it's not making you feel like you're a loser. It's making you feel like, oh, I would, that's a skill I admire and I may try to work toward that skill. It is, but I feel like what I look as as motivational on most days. If I feel like that quality has, I've had a setback with something I tried to do that day, or, you know, when we get ready for the conference and, you know, you, me and Janine, we work so closely on that. And I have the opportunity, you guys invite me to be part of certain things that are happening on stage and that sort of thing. And in the moment, I'm, I'm, I know my comfort zone and I step back from that. but then I see somebody else doing it on social media or whatever it is. And I'm disappointed in myself that I have the opportunity and I can't do it. Um, And it doesn't feel like a negative at the time that I'm turning it down. But then of course, you know, we're at the conference and I see how awesome you guys are on stage and, you know, Janine steps right up there and, you know, she's sort of in the background with me leading up to it and then can get on stage and do that. And I just, I wish I could do that. So most, most of the time it's inspirational, but there, there are times where I'm just sort of like, oh, I wish I could do that. It sounds to me like you're needing us to give you a little push. <laughs> so the next retreat or conference, I think Cheryl should speak. So there you go. I'm just going to land that there. And Cheryl's like, why do we have to talk about this in front of everyone? <laughs> I know. <laughs> what else is going on yeah. in business of design? 
Well, you know what? I just wanted to do uh, one final sort of reminder that um, the window for BOD boss applications, we decided to close that on May 5th. In terms of our October groups, we'll always be, you know, uh, application process will always be open for future groups, but uh, we are going to close that for this round on May 5th. We review applications as they come in, but we're we're ready to start, you know, matching everybody up and looking at them at the next level. So yeah, I saw yeah. I happened to see a couple of the applications come in. Very exciting stuff. I am really excited to get these groups going, and um, we're going to see how far we can push people. Right. We're going to push people out of their comfort zone, exactly what you just talked about. We're going to give you the wind at your back and a net so you can try this new thing and succeed. And I'm really excited about it. Yeah, it's nice to, you know, once I start communicating with those who have um, applied and who are joining the groups afterwards, sort of the goals and, and what they want to get out of this, the support that they need, that accountability to push them to the next level. I just, you know, I know we can do that for them and, It sounds like they're just as excited as we are. Absolutely. Oh, so good. All right. Well, enjoy the week, Cheryl. I bet we'll talk a few more times. Of course. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the world's best business training for interior design professionals like you. We have the systems, strategies, and protocols you need to consistently satisfy clients, increase profitability, and run your projects like a boss. Unlike traditional coaching, BOD is a fast track to immediate results. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to hundreds of targeted training modules, plus member perks like BOD Live events, member-only podcasts, preferred pricing, and the support of an engaged community of peers. We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. As artists, we are sensitive types, right? We have to be. I don't think you can be creative and have a thick skin. Every time we do a presentation, we are literally putting it all on the line for a client, offering up our vision, our creative vision, and our skill set to be judged It's not probably dissimilar from an actor, although I would say my actor friends would absolutely insist they get rejected a lot more frequently than we do, and I'm sure that's true. This metaphor is kind of fresh in my mind because I did a presentation yesterday. It's the sixth presentation that we have done over Zoom, and it's not a format that's quite as good as doing a presentation face-to-face, I will say. We're also finding that more of our presentations include two partners, which isn't typical for us. Usually, I am presenting to a single person. Often, it's the wife. Sometimes, it's a bachelor. But pre-pandemic, we rarely presented to two people. And I find that That changes things a little bit as well. The dynamic is a little bit different. The husbands, and I'm going to use this generalization because this is accurate for my office, but they ask different questions and they have interest in some aspects of the project, less interest in others, and it doesn't always jive completely with the wife. In any case, I found myself feeling kind of anxious as the meeting time drew near for this last presentation we did, 
what if they don't like what I've designed? What if they don't like the concept? What if they don't like this tile? What if they don't like that hardware? Oh my gosh, I'm sure I picked the wrong fabric. And suddenly I'm just overwhelmed with fear. And that's crazy, right? Even now, even after all these years, with all the tools I have, with how much I've gained in terms of my confidence, it still happens sometimes. Thankfully, because I've had a lot of experience, I now know just keep moving forward, let the butterflies do what the butterflies do, and go through the motions. Invariably, what happens is the clients love everything, or I guess it's better to say they love most everything, maybe 95%, maybe there are 5% of the things they want a tweak here and there. And then the project moves forward. We're so sensitive, right? I'm so sensitive. I desperately want to please my clients. And I'm impossibly hard on myself. I bet you're hard on yourself too. That fact alone, and I'm, I'm no psychologist, although I did speak to one in preparation for this episode, that fact alone, I think, makes us susceptible to professional envy. I have never for a single moment thought I was the best designer in the whole world. I think some of you may feel that way. I look at some of the spaces you create and I think you probably should feel that way. But for myself, I've never felt like I'm the best there is. I think I do really good work and I'm always trying to do better work. And you guys inspire me all the time. I know that I can be completely thrilled with what I'm going to show the client and I can show it to them and they can say yes. And two months later, I look at everything and I'm like, what were you thinking? Why would you pick that? What kind of an idiot would put that and that together? I know that fine artists struggle with this as well. Like I have friends who are painters and they can feel so accomplished and in the zone working on a painting and no sooner is it finished and it's sold, than they begin to tear it all down. So yeah, I think our creative natures do make us extra sensitive, and that isn't all bad, right? Most of us are extremely empathetic. We are willing to go to great lengths to be kind to someone, to offer help, to mentor someone. I think we appreciate beauty in the world wherever we find it. I remember being 28 years old and standing in front of the Venus de Milo and seeing it for the first time. And I just started crying. I don't know why. It just moved me. It was so beautiful. I'd never in my young life seen anything like it. Some of you may cry at a spectacular sunset. So being sensitive isn't all bad. Getting back to this concept of envy, the other day I'm just kind of casually strolling through Instagram like you do when you're trying to avoid work. And I came across a few posts which elicited a strong reaction from me. One of them was just straight up envy. Wow. Oh my gosh. That, that space, that room, that house is so beautiful. I wish I had thought of that. Just incredible. I reached out to the designer and said, you know, you are just so absolutely talented. I just wanted to tell you how much I admire you and appreciate that you share images of your projects. Hope you're doing well. I left that interaction feeling really good about myself. I was able to channel my envy into something positive and forge a bit of a relationship with that person. Like a nanosecond later, this other post, ugh. It left me feeling more than envy. (laughs) I don't know, what's more than envy? Or let me put it this way. 
I felt something other than benign envy, neutral envy. What's the opposite of benign? Malevolent. Isn't that like um, a Disney character? Angelina Jolie or something. Yeah, I think her name was something like that. Anyway, no, that isn't it. Uh, if I'm thinking about a medical situation, the opposite of benign is malignant. That's no good. It doesn't really work. Let's just say that rather than having a neutral feeling, I had a feeling that was not neutral and not nice. At first, I thought, you're jealous. And since I didn't like that label, I thought I'm going to do some digging and figure out how I'm not jealous. And here's what I learned about envy and jealousy. They're related, but they're not the same thing. They both make us feel lousy because they make us feel inadequate, small, insignificant, unimportant. Ugh, I don't like feeling like that. However, envy involves two parties and jealousy involves three. To illustrate, let's say You're scrolling through Instagram and you see that someone you know up here has been published in Architectural Digest and you feel something. You wish that was happening to you. You want to be published in Architectural Digest. That's envy. In order for it to veer into jealousy, you need a third player. So you take the same scenario You're looking at Instagram, up here is published in Architectural Digest that makes you feel a little envious. And then you think, I wonder if my clients will see this and dump me and hire her, the real designer. That's jealousy. It's a triangle. Okay, so mystery solved. I wasn't feeling jealous, but I was feeling envious and not the neutral kind. What am I supposed to do now? right? As with every universal human emotion, there is a negative side and then there's a more positive side. The negative side of envy involves comparing myself to others and feeling inadequate. That's really yucky. So what's the good side and how can we get there? I'm so glad you asked. I spoke to a psychologist friend of mine, someone I've used professionally in the past and whose advice I really trust and admire, and she was too shy to come on the podcast. So I'm just going to tell you briefly what our conversation was like. First of all, she said it's okay to embrace all your feelings, even the ugly ones, even the challenging ones. I can accept that I'm a human being and therefore I'm subject to universal feelings, some good, some bad. So rather than brush them away or be super uncomfortable with them, sometimes it's okay to just lean in, take a closer look. She said that the antidote to envy is making the thought more conscious. I can choose to look more closely at the feelings in an attempt to figure out what's actually going on. Am I feeling defeated? Like I'm never going to get published in Architectural Digest. Am I feeling annoyed that my efforts at, let's say, marketing have failed or haven't resulted in such a big get? Am I feeling irrelevant or overlooked? Am I feeling small and inadequate? After looking more closely at the types of feelings I might be having, it's pretty easy to see that the feelings actually have nothing to do with the colleague who was published in Architectural Digest, let's say, and everything to do with how I'm feeling right at this moment, regardless of what prompted 
or what lies behind the feeling, once I'm aware I'm having these thoughts, I can then be kind to myself, right? Maybe I'm tired. Maybe I've had a tough month. Maybe I got rejected for some publicity thing that I wanted recently. Maybe, I don't know, maybe I've been stuck in pandemic hell for over a year and I'm getting tired of it, right? I know I've said this before, but it helped me so much to imagine it was one of my children who was having this feeling that that I was having. What would I say to them? Would I say, you're right. (laughs) You really are a loser, (laughs) right? No, of course not. I would never do that. Here's what I would actually do. First, I would try to tell them that they're awesome and the best and that they could have exactly what that person has. And then I would see the look on their face that that wasn't helpful at all. So then I would stop trying to fix it. And I would say, what's going on? You seem like you're not very happy today. We want to talk about it. And then I would just listen. And if that's what I would do for my son or for my daughter then it seems right that that's what I would need to do for myself. Just ask the question and listen. For some people, they love to journal. Um, For other people, they might meditate. You might talk it over with a friend. But for me, I have to be quiet long enough to kind of figure out what's going on. If it's a really big issue, I will journal it. If it's a smaller issue, I'll pick up the phone. I'll call someone I trust and I'll hash it out. Once I've had an opportunity to look at the feelings that underlie this envy trigger, then I can also ask myself, hey, is this thing I'm envious about important enough to go after? In other words, if being an architectural digest is so important to me, am I willing to do whatever it takes to get there? Or was the envy just, I don't know, a passing weak moment and it really doesn't matter that much so I can let it go. In that scenario, envy then can actually be used to push me toward self-care, which is always a good thing. And it can also be used to push me to take action toward a goal. It might be a goal that I didn't realize was a goal. I never even thought about it. But now that I've got this envious feeling, oh my gosh, I want that too. Or it could be a goal that I know I should be working toward. You know, I know I should put more effort into marketing and I just don't. Either way, that's when envy becomes fuel that pushes me to the next level. We all know that social comparisons are dangerous. We just do not have an accurate tool for measuring our insides against someone else's outsides. And when I fall into that trap, for however long I stay there, it completely blots out what's good in my life, right? To the extent that I squander my time thinking about how lucky someone else is, I'm ignoring the fact that I'm lucky. I have so many good things in my life. And that just doesn't seem like a good trade-off. Feeling gratitude toward everything I have is a better place to dwell full-time, right? None of us is perfect. I'm certainly not, but I do my best to keep my feet on the ground and keep my heart in gratitude. So after giving some thought and consideration, it seems to me that envy really does serve a purpose. I can use it as motivation that propels me 
to take action. I can also use it as a reminder that I want to continually be growing and doing better and not resting on my laurels. Of course, it's a fine line, right? We don't want to be so driven that we never have a moment to stop and smell the flowers, right? Stop and smell the roses. We want to have a little time to rest on those laurels that we've worked so hard for, right? But we also don't want to be complacent and we don't want to get stagnant. I have known for so many years that competition is a myth. There is so much work to go around. I also know that when one interior design professional succeeds, we all benefit. I know it's trite, but it's true. A rising tide lifts all boats. This week, I was reminded of that again, and I got a little dose of motivation as well, which has prompted me to do something that I've been neglecting for ages, and for that, I'm grateful. It's so easy to confuse a facade of success with happiness. No one has a perfect life. We know that intellectually. I'm going to remind myself the next time envy rears its ugly head, I'm going to look at it, remind myself I'm okay. I have a lot of things to be grateful for and take action if that's what's required. Use that feeling as a springboard to create the future I'm excited about. And by the way, if someone you know gets published in Architectural Digest and you want to know how they got there, get in touch with them. Congratulate them. That feels better than being envious anyway. And then ask them how they got there. If they share some meaningful advice with you, your relationship will be deeper. If they don't, then that will probably motivate you to work really hard to get there too or one-up them. (laughs) Let me know what you think about Envy. I would so love to hear your thoughts. Thank you so much for being on this journey with me. Stay healthy, stay happy, and stay in gratitude for all the many blessings, blessings you have right now. I feel like I should say namaste. How about I say this? Gosh, I miss you. Can't wait till we can hang around face to face. Hit me up if you've got an idea for the podcast. Maybe that's something you've been thinking about. Until next time. Thank you for being part of the Business of Design community and supporting BOD's mission to improve the industry one design business at a time. It's time for you to take the next step and join Business of Design. Like thousands of design professionals in 50 countries around the world, you'll find the systems, strategies, and protocols you need to dramatically improve your business and transform your life. What are you waiting for? Start today. 